Welcome to Liberal Lockdown, Woking Liberal Democrats' podcast about the challenges and changes in Woking during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Adam, and with my co-host Louise, we're investigating the topic of education in this episode. There are so many important aspects to this topic, we've produced a double episode. So for those of you short on time due to working from home, homeschooling your children, and juggling various other volunteering roles, you can tune into two short podcasts. If you're furloughed or shielding with time to spare, feel free to listen to them back to back. We've got a special guest interview coming up for the second of those. But first, Louise has been finding out the views of some of the working residents who have homeschooled their children during the crisis. Via the method of a Zoom call, I asked about the challenges and solutions of homeschooling and the impact this has had on families and working parents. I think one phone call from a class teacher in however many weeks of term it was is nowhere near enough. I'd have liked some actual class lessons online where you could see the teacher and be taught by the teacher with your peers at the same time. I think that would have been much more supportive for the kids and for them to be able to enjoy learning alongside their friends rather than with a parent at home. And I'm sure it could have been done differently to how it has been done to hold interest and enthusiasm. Some high schools have managed that really, really well. Mm. But I kind of think at primary level, you're left to it. And actually maybe a bit more direction and a bit more information for parents would have actually been really useful. Um, my year 10 has gone back for five mornings between now and the end of term and is doing hardcore four hour sessions on core subjects only. And um, my year eight has had zero interaction other than homework schoolwork emailed to her and the occasional video and I've got friends who live in different counties and I know that further south you go so they've been using zoom in secondary schools but they've had to get rid of it now because it's the kids have been hacking into the system and abusing it so the one of the main reasons why at secondary level they didn't want to do zoom is because it's going into the children's own environment and there's some uh, social issues for some children that can't be hidden by a uh, that and some children that don't have access to laptops or access to learning so there's a, a system support thing for secondary schools that's more challenging but I have absolutely no idea why they, why they haven't been recording lessons and sending them to the kids iPads because at secondary level they're all on iPads which you mm. have to buy through a school scheme mm. so there's no reason and my year eight uh, daughter's just literally pretty much just given up because She's not doing half the subjects she's taking into GCC next year. And even core subjects, she's not even engaged in this week. She's just down tools and just said, I'm not doing it now. It's pointless. One friend of mine her, has felt that her daughter has massively come along by her teaching her and giving her the one-on-one -on -one time um, in the last few months. And I think there's been a little bit of concern since she's been back in the classroom already that the momentum hasn't been kept up. The biggest thing that I take from it is I'm really blessed and grateful. I have good kids, a stable home, and you know, I'm trying to help other kids that maybe don't have that. But um, I think it's at its most challenging for the kids that have the most challenging environments. And, you know, our kids are all lucky because they have at least one parent that's there 24 seven mm -hmm. to help them. Yeah. And not all kids have that. And with teenagers, that, that is a dangerous place for them. I think it's really tough. Whatever age your kids are, there's different challenges. Yeah. And for, for the teenagers, it's more around mental health. You know, the, Mia, yeah. my older daughter, is so happy to go into school, even though she's in a group of nine, often with mm -hmm. people that aren't in her friendship group. 
at all. And she's so happy. She said she learned more in the four hours she had for English last week than she's learned for the entire term. I have quite enjoyed having them at home. And well, initially when it was announced that we, the schools would be closing, I just thought, how am I going to cope with this? I already struggle in school holidays, just finding things to do. And, you know, we can't go to gardens and parks and play centres, but we figured a way to make it work. And by the end, it was lovely and I was getting through the work. But like I say, I feel like I am one of a few that manage with that. And even people I know that have the time and our stay-at-home parents like me have still found it really really difficult. Doing our own cooking, learning to use weighing scales, learning to calculate, learning about um, what food groups are, how things are cooked, how they work and probably the best one was our kidney dissection. <laughs> that's probably that's the homeschool win in our house it was actually and science experiments using a real dull science book to actually create combustion and make things acid and alkali. That wasn't on the curriculum. It's probably not year three appropriate, but it held interest and it lasted. And then we photographed it and talked about it. So those things for us have probably been more fun than a lot of the things that have been set by school. But I'm sure the things that school would normally do might be a lot more fun in a classroom environment with a load of friends. I've brought in cheap tutors because that's the only way I'm going to be able to afford it. Mm. And they're all GCSE students that uh, have lost their GCSE, so they're happy to teach to show that they understood it. Mm. They might not be perfect, but they'll probably learn more from another child a year older than from any adult anyway, to be fair. Because I'm a school governor at two different schools, I've had various things, and it's it, the times I've had to, and I have had to today, it's been a total nightmare. And I just don't know how anybody with a full-time job has has managed without going completely crazy because I just can't get 10 minutes without somebody wanting me to do something or having spilt something or you know it's it's like we're trying to work through the summer holidays isn't it it's, it's horrific so yeah I you know I take my hat off to anybody that's managed it because it's obviously really hard my kids don't get up. In fact, Mia's not even dressed now. She's just going to get dressed um, now at four o'clock in the afternoon. So I find if I get up early, I'm, I'm, um, I work remotely anyway, but I find if I get up early and I do almost all my working day between sort of 8.30 in the morning and when they actually get up, which is generally around one o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock sometimes, then I can get most of my work done. And then in the evening, I then pick up work again. So in the afternoon, I'm at their disposal, whatever that means in their heads in terms of a lift somewhere or help with work or whatever it is so what we've been doing my husband works obviously full-time but at home um, but he's got a more I would say demanding work while he's here so what we've been doing is we've basically been squeezing the entire week's worth of homeschooling into two days yeah. uh, so we've been trying to squeeze everything and it can it has been quite shouty and stressful I would say um, and so basically I've been doing all the maths and the, the core subjects, the maths and the English, where we've they've needed adult input into those two days that I'm at home. So we tend to work really hard for those two days. And then all the fluffy stuff that they can go on BBC Bite Size, my husband then does amongst his work calls. But there has been times where my son walked into his conference call naked in front of 60 people. <laughs> and... Um, 
and so and basically for the days that I'm working we've just been aiming that both the children are still alive when I come home parents would step in and I'd be able to hand everything over to them but they're all shielding right so they they you can't have any of their help so mm -hmm. uh, you know and I'm a single parent largely a single parent so mm -hmm. it all lands on me so that's just the way it is I really feel like it's, it's been really hard it's been really hard to be a working parent and mm -hmm. I do feel like my kids have been penalized in some way because I've only been able to do the bare minimum required because I, I can't, we haven't got time to do, the, we haven't got the capacity to do the rest of it. Well, there's a lot to pick up on there. Firstly, just such a huge organisational challenges for schools themselves. Totally. I mean, they, they, the heads are completely unprepared for this kind of event. There's never been anything like it before. Um, to have to send homeschooling home um, in its entirety and have parents responsible for learning but without all of the schools, the skills and resources, sorry, um, that are provided in school. And the nature of primary education is such, from my experience, that things are really practical and um, they start lessons with a really exciting beginning, a big bang, if you like, um, to inspire pupils. And there's a lot of active learning, a lot of equipment used, very collaborative environment. Um, and many of the staff are specialists in special needs education or we have a PE specialist in our school and so on and all of that cannot be replaced in a home environment. Yeah I found that really interesting actually as well because maybe we remember secondary school a bit clearer as adults so we think that you know, we understand the details but that's really important in primary as well but what I found really interesting was also the, the creative solutions like the home science experiments the, the way parents yes. have tried to make it fun for children as well but plus the that that massive still untapped I think potential of technology to make education easier and just better generally and, and there's probably some longer term lessons there as well. Definitely agree with you there. Um, I mean it's been great to see parents getting involved in children's learning and finding creative solutions. I loved the parent who had found secondary school tutors for their child, their children. Uh, what a great idea. I think that could be used more broadly um, and for many parents, they've, for the first time, really gained an understanding in depth of their own child's educational needs. Um, it's also been interesting to see parents um, working from their own strengths and interests and skills. Uh, so, for example, my children this week have been learning how to lay a patio. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I think children have had an insight into their parents' working lives when they're working from home or doing whatever they do, in the, but, but taking occasionally more a bit at home and I think that's 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 really enlightening um, but working parents again I, I see this from the, a slightly different perspective of somebody who doesn't has, have children but does work and uh, always absolutely find it incredible how these heroes who are working parents manage to find the time in the there's 160 hours in a week and how they find that time and it's really interesting to hear that from the other side for somebody who was a parent who who doesn't work and and and, and those people who are the crossover um yeah they they are impressive i know i mean i know they feel like they're failing at both things their job and their homeschooling but they're really doing incredibly well no, under very not. difficult to get, circumstances yeah so to get off. to get yeah, to get 50%, 75%, 90% of the way there and two such challenges which could be 
every single hour of the week I, I think it's amazing to get even part way that so definitely yeah, great work anyway um, he, here are a few clips from our parent group about how some of Woking's primary and secondary schools are organizing home learning and transitions back to the classroom in nursery they've tried to keep it as normal as possible I think the whole of the nursery it's a school nursery is um, down to 30 maximum total and they've split that between three rooms so pods of 10 and um, as with the schools that are back there's no you know two meter social distancing i think they try and keep them from licking each other's fingers and things but yeah <laughs> um but um so very little i mean you don't want to scare three-year-olds so very little has changed at nursery and school um the two classes in year one have been divided into four pods um when they went back at the beginning there were only about seven in each pod there were seven in my son's pod um and initially i was a bit concerned because he was mostly with children from the other class there are only two from his class in his pod however um they've developed a really nice bond i think with it being such a small class i think there are now 10 in the class having been back for four or five weeks um but it's still really small sizes the one thing i think that is different though obviously they've all gone back in their own clothes there's no school uniform uh, my older two do nine till four and every day and that's if they're lucky they're often going over time so they're still doing a full day um they're in year seven and year 10. well from for them they've just followed their timetable so it, it's basically as if they're still at school but they're at home so their teachers are available every lesson and they log into their their google classrooms and they they crack on so they've got stuff and then if they've got an issue they can sort of message the teacher and they usually get back reasonably quickly luckily um there was always a, a a decision to ensure that every child had access to a device at school so we actually have more than a one-to-one -one ratio at hove valley so they all have their own individual device so they were all sent home with a chromebook which just makes life so much easier because then they know that they're teaching to everybody and nobody's missing out so yeah, it's just made it a lot easier. Anna has returned um, for two and a half hours a week. She goes in on a Wednesday afternoon. So they've split it. So there's one year group a day, half going in the morning, half going in the afternoon. And then they have like a, um, a parent teacher's format. So they have booked in sessions with each of their subject tutors. And then they have 15 minutes one-to-one -one with each subject tutor. So they just go through what they've done during the week and what's being set and any questions any issues that they have well that was really interesting particularly the amazing efforts and uh, innovation from Ho Valley and that was really an example to learn from I thought yeah I mean if we have to pl plan for future pandemics I think we really need to look at schools who have found creative solutions um, like Ho Valley with the fact that they've got Chromebooks across the school meant that they were able to just continue with their learning at home uh, and obviously this is great for children who cannot attend school for whatever reason so through sickness or other reasons um, it means that their education can continue so I think that's brilliant. Yeah absolutely and, and I suppose we, we've already started planning or schools have already started planning for the return of all children in September and here are a few of the concerns brought up by parents. I think for me, going in back in September, obviously they're in school now, but back in September when we're back to 30 in the classroom, as they announced this week, 
um, is going to be how varied it's going to be because there are, I know from class WhatsApp groups, parents who have just decided they can't deal with it anymore and are not bothering one bit. Um, and, um, and then the children who have been working, working throughout, really doing well, thriving, and how they're going to now find a happy medium to teach all those children. Well, I'm worried about another outbreak and, and how safe my children really will be going in with hundreds of other children. Um, I'm, I'm completely confident that the schools would do whatever they can, but you know, they're only, they only have access to the data they're given with, with regards to COVID. Um, so that worries me. And also just the, the emotional trauma that some of the students may have been through through being at home for so long and the impact that's just going to have on the general learning environment for children you know you don't have to be a child that's been through anything particularly terrible to have to then go through what other children are going through and deal with the you know the output of all of that really well yeah there's the learning there's so i've got three kids so as much as they fight they've got each other if they need to have a conversation um, we've got a house that fits all of the children in they've each got a device so you know it's been easy in comparison to so many other households um yes yeah, so, so i don't expect them to go back with any baggage particularly but yeah i think for a lot of children educationally they're going to have suffered and just emotionally only children won't have seen anybody for ages um so from a social aspect and obviously children that are in disadvantaged households just without routine you know that that's going to be really tough for them to go back to deal with and they're going to really need support and i just hope schools have got the resources to be able to put that in place because you need that before they can learn that there's no point just sticking in with a private tutor on september the third because if they're not if their head isn't in the space where they're going to learn, then it's completely wasted money and pointless effort, really. They need they need the mental stuff first, don't they? Well, that was really interesting and, and clearly more about the worries and the issues for the future there. Uh, it links to the the question of equality of opportunity and, and shines a light, I think, on on what will happen next. Yeah, I mean, huge challenges going back in September, definitely. Um, so much disparity between those children that have had really uh, they've really thrived on one-to-one -one high quality input from parents compared to those children who perhaps for one reason or another haven't really been homeschooled a great deal uh, all being thrown together back together into the school community yeah and i think that community is really important it it does link to it just touching briefly on liberal values of community and and celebrating differences and diversity by doing that by coming together. And education is really, I think, is an example of all walks of life forming a community. And that's the parents as much as the students. Definitely. I mean, I've so missed my chats on the school gate with the other school mums and dads um, and missed being involved in the PTA. The whole reason I got involved in that was because I really wanted the, uh, to bring people together who are from all walks of life, who have a common, a common aim to help the school um, mm. so it really is a, a great example um, of how everybody comes together as one in a community from a school Absolutely. anyway we really could have gone on forever about this topic but it's time to draw the podcast to a close 
I hope we've provided some food for thought and that those of you involved with education have realised that you're not alone in some of the challenges you're facing. Yes, and thank you to our contributors, Karen, Heidi, Jackie, Amanda and Claire. It's been great to hear your views. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please listen to the second half where you can hear our guest interview with a local educator and school leader. And don't forget, if you would like to comment on the show or get more involved, don't hesitate to get in touch with us via the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.